0: Well, again, just a warm welcome to you. We're so glad that you're here. My name is Jacob. I'm one of the pastors here. And I do want to uh, invite you or let you know about our Christmas Eve services. Uh, we're going to be having five services on Christmas Eve, uh, two on the 23rd, and then three more on December 24th. And most of y'all have already seen this. We have a lot of people that have already uh, registered for a service, which is a wonderful thing, uh, and it helps us a bunch. And so if you would and haven't done that yet, you can go to prov.church slash Christmas. And what that allows us to do is just help us plan for we have about 1500 people signed up right now we expect probably double that to come and so it helps us make our best plan for that evening it doesn't mean that you can't uh, invite someone else or bring them like if your scoundrel uncle shows up on Christmas Eve just bring him don't worry about registering we'll have plenty of seats Uh, but it's a a, y'all registering really helps the the whole couple of days go great as we uh, welcome uh, our biggest uh, couple of nights of the year it's going to be a wonderful time we would like for you to invite people to come that's what the little invitation cards are for. Uh, we'll sing Christmas carols that night, share the Christmas story from the Bible. And it ends in just a wonderful way of singing Silent, tonight, silent Night together with candles lit. And I promise you will bring a lot of light and hope and love into uh, your your Christmas that, that weekend. You've heard me uh, also talk about the Christmas offering. So on that night, we give uh, all of our offering away. It's usually over $200,000, and it's a wonderful way for us to pour out love in our community. The, we're going to be giving the passionate hands which is the organization in our community uh, that gives home a place of housing and food for people without housing in our in our community a couple of years ago we gave a, a large gift that helped them purchase their first facility but in our community now uh, the number of people who are out on the streets during the cold months is grown a lot and they are needing uh, more space uh, to, to expand the facility, to make things uh, just run in a year long way for these uh, folks in our community. We want to make a big investment, so that's the first. And you've also heard me talk about Barry Tatum Academy. Probably it's a Wilson County school, but in Wilson County, it is, um, it is our alternative school a virtual learning academy for students, as well as our adult high school, which is mainly 17-, 18-, and 19-year-olds who, for whatever reason, didn't uh, stay in the school system, who are now trying to get their diploma and get a good start in their life. So these are folks we're wanting to invest in. And we were able to spend some time with the teachers and principal at Barry Tatum Academy, and we wanted you to hear a little bit of their heart for their students. So I've got a quick video just to let you hear about that. I would say that we are really the ideal school that nobody understands. Our mission here at Barry Tatum is to meet the student where they are. When you talk about BTA, one thing that comes to mind for me is opportunity. We just see it as a real ministry um, pouring into their lives. And and I can't tell you how many of these kids, whether they said it, or you can just see the change in their demeanor. We've heard on multiple times, nobody's ever believed in me. So we really come from an operating standpoint of we want to love on every kid, get to know every kid, and we want to build a relationship with every kid. I think they feel heard and I think they feel respected and I think they feel like they are actually being seen for um, the student that they are. When you slip a fall, we're here to pick you up and help you out, Um, you know, and not to judge. You don't realize it until you start working with them and you dive into them and you give everything you can to try to help them. And once you do that, you see that you can make a difference just by being somebody who loves them. I don't even know that I could put into words. Like, it makes me emotional. Every day I'm always, well, thank God Go for this job. It's had a big impact in my life for the positive. It's, it's definitely changed me and made me a better person. You've got to show people their worth. And when you start showing them their worth, it is a life changer for them. And we're not about a piece of paper. We're about helping them be successful throughout the rest of their lives. Thank you for watching. We just wanted you to uh, hear from them. And you guys get what we're up to, right? We're just wanting to make an investment in these children and these students and these adults who may feel unnoticed or feel that a lot of things have passed them by and actually tell them that God has a great uh, future for them. So uh, I'm just asking that you would pray about giving a sacrificial gift on Christmas Eve uh, that will go to Compassionate Hands and Barry Tatum Academy so we can make an investment in some people that Jesus uh, thinks, thinks a whole, whole bunch of. Our scripture this morning is Luke chapter one. We've been reading uh, from the beginning of of Luke about Mary, Jesus' mother. And we've been looking at Christmas through the eyes of Mary. And today we will pick up in Luke chapter one, verse 46. This is a passage of scripture that is often referred to as Mary's song. Mary's song, so words that come out of Mary's heart and out of her voice as she begins to sing. So this is after the angel Gabriel has told her that she is going to carry in her womb the very son of God, the next king of kings, and after she's received this beautiful confirmation from her cousin Elizabeth, who's also going to have a miraculous birth uh, herself. It says, "'And Mary said, "'My soul glorifies the Lord.'" He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. And then a note says, Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Mary's song, Mary sings a a song, or at least traditionally it's interpreted that the words that came out of Mary's mouth uh, become this song that she sings from her heart about what God is doing in her life. So I thought that we would start our time together this morning just thinking about what song are you singing right now? What song is in your heart And maybe a a way that we can do that is kind of think about what songs are in your life and in your head right now, like for real, like real songs. So I know some of you are are Christmas music junkies. You know, you started in October and you've been wearing us out with that (laughs) over and over. And and you have Christmas songs, Christmas music that is in your head. I did uh, do a little research to look up and see what the top songs were in the nation right now. And there is something happening on the Billboard charts that has never happened before. And that is one art artist is occupying all 10 spots of the Billboard Top 10. Anyone want to guess who it is? Taylor Swift. <laughs> yeah. So I see a lot of Taylor Swift fans out in the audience today. And so I, r- I realized that probably you have been listening to uh, this album, Midnights, and you have these songs uh, stuck in your head. I've been listening a lot to the Providence Worship Band's album, which is awesome. So you may have some of those songs. Um, but we all have um, things that are rattling around in our heads. So specifically, I did try try to think about you know what are the things that have been stuck in my head lately do we have any tiktokers out there today okay zero all right next uh next example then there is a there is this thing called tiktok that some people are a part of but obviously uh no one here and they're um anyways jeez um there's, a, there's I don't know whether to go on or not, uh, but there's a viral thing with Megan Trainer. You, you wouldn't know about it. So anyways, it's got a dance. You all want to see my TikTok video? We can, no, we don't have that. Um, uh, so. Um, Monday night, Rachel and I went to a concert, uh, a music performance at the Ryman Auditorium. It's called Behold the Lamb of God. Uh, we actually go every year with Pastor Mark and Jenny as a part of our Christmas tradition. And it's music written by an artist named Andrew Peterson. That's all about uh, Jesus coming into the world, just telling from the scriptures the Jesus story. It's really beautiful, and it gets uh, down in your heart. And so that music has been in me. And we, had a, we had a lovely evening. Um, you may not know Andrew Peterson by name, but you probably do know some of his songs. We sing them here. Here, if you've come here for a while, uh, one of uh, his biggest songs is called, Is He Worthy? You know that we sing, Is He Worthy? Is He Worthy? He is. That's one of Andrew, uh, Andrew Peterson's song, And we sang that on Monday night in the Ryman Auditorium. It was amazing. Um, and uh, the Ryman Auditorium is known as the Mother Church of Country Music, right? It's where the Grand Ole Opry was. But I, probably some of you know that before it was this great country music hall, it was a revival hall. It was built as an evangelistic place, right? in downtown Nashville when it was burgeoning up, a church where so many people have come to know God. So it's really cool to be there in the old pews and the wood floor and kind of think about the reverberations of the gospel that's happened there. So we're singing, Is He Worthy? It was beautiful, sort of like Kermaine this morning when he, when a worship leader just knows to kind of pull back from the microphone and let uh, the, the congregation sing. The place was packed, and so we're singing, Is He Worthy? Is He Worthy? He is he is, and, and so it was a beautiful night. I left the Ryman Auditorium, and Rachel and I went to our, our parking spot, got a pretty good parking spot, if I don't mind saying it myself, uh, very close by, an open lot. I don't like to go in the garages too much. You know, you get stuck in there for a long time, and I get claustrophobic, so I always try to be out in the open. Uh, that may be something I need to work through with a the therapist, but uh, I've got, we had a great spot, and uh, we, we got out to my truck, and they had put a boot on my truck while I was in there worshiping Jesus. There was a boot on the truck and a sticker on the, uh, still, I still get emotional about it, uh, a sticker on the window that said I was going to have to pay $75 to get the boot off. I had already paid $31.50 uh, for the spot. So I got really frustrated. And uh, here's, here, here's the deal. You're like, what happened? Well, I'll tell you. There is a QR code and I did the QR code. I paid $31.50, but I neglected to change my license plate number in the app. And that's what got all this in trouble. And I'm like, everybody in Tennessee just got a new license plate, you know? So I started singing a different song. (laughs) I started singing a different song. You with me? I sang it to the young guy who came to remove the boot. I sang it to the manager. I got him on the phone. I wanted to talk to the manager. I sang it to him. I sang it as I gave 75 more dollars for a grand total of over $100 for this parking space. And then I realized while I was doing it, how quickly I started singing that song, how comfortable it was for me, like it was rehearsed, like I knew every word and every dance step to it. And then I realized how um, immature And ungrateful that song sounds from someone as blessed and as fortunate as I am. It was a song of complaining. It was a song of, I'm being mistreated. It was a song of, this is unfair. It was a song of, do you know who you're messing with? And it sounded nothing like Mary's song. And so the next morning, when I got up to study for you guys, all I could think about was how I acted the night before. Mary sang a song when her circumstances changed drastically. There's no comparison between carrying the Son of God in your womb and getting a boot on your Toyota Tacoma. But the similarity is that sometimes things happen that we did not see coming at all. And people will be watching to see what we sing when that happens. And Mary's words in Luke chapter 1 are traditionally known as a song that she sang called the Magnificat. It becomes one of the most sung songs in all of human history from this little girl. The word Magnificat is Latin. It simply comes from the first line of the song where she says, My soul magnifies the Lord. My soul makes God bigger. My soul gives glory to God. My song is a song that points to God. The song of my heart is one that focuses on God. Mary says, my soul magnifies the Lord, or as our version this morning said, my soul glorifies him and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. So Mary sang a song that gave glory to God. Mary's song said, God is bigger than this. God is bigger than everything. And her soul is the one that was actually doing the magnification through the song. It was was saying to everyone, God is bigger than what we are facing. God is over the circumstances. God is Lord of the circumstances. I'll say that again. There is a song that we can sing that makes God bigger and the circumstances smaller. And Mary's teaching us how to do that. Her words uh, actually are, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. Mary sings this song that for her is giving her through making God bigger and the circumstances come down here is giving her a new perspective, a new way of looking at, what's going on in her life. And so we ask ourselves this morning, what song are we singing? Are we singing songs that make God bigger, magnified, God is over all of this? Or are the songs we're singing really just amplifying the circumstances? Are the the things that we are saying and the things that we're projecting, just making all the stuff that's happening be the main thing that we see and the main thing that we talk about? How do we get out of that? Well, Mary teaches us by singing a song based on Scripture. Mary sang a Scripture song. I think this is really uh, really pretty neat. I hadn't noticed it, but reading some other people's thoughts on the Magnificat, uh, and you can see it uh, when you look at it closely, is that Mary was actually singing a song that was based on Scripture that had been given to her. Mary was not a biblical scholar. She's a 13, 14-year-old Jewish girl living in Nazareth. But she had grown up, just like a faithful Jewish family would, here The Holy Scriptures that were theirs. And the Magnificat gives echo to all these things that Mary would have heard and learned just as a girl growing up in what we call the church. And so this morning, there have been, you know, a couple hundred kids that have been over here in Providence Kids, and they are actually many times learning songs that they will sing. Liz, who's one of our directors in Providence Kids, shared with our staff last week that oftentimes when the kids are asked a question, they will answer with one of the songs that they've been taught. They were taught a song this, uh, this year with our memory verse for the year, which is John, T- John 16, 33, that says, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And so she was saying uh, sometimes, uh, even when it doesn't fit, you know, They'll ask a question and they'll just start singing that song. I don't know how it goes, but it, it's just saying, in this world you'll have trouble, but take heart. Uh, Jesus has overcome the world. Just think of the power of that residing in the hearts of our children and all that's going on right now. That because you come here and give them 30, 40 uh, minutes in there, depending on how long the sermon is, you get, they get to hear these words, right? And inside the hearts of our kids are, in this world there will be trouble, but take heart. You have overcome the world. And so the, 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 the Bible for us is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. And have you ever thought about it's sort of odd, right, that we come in here every week and, and one of us opens up this holy book and we pay attention and, and we listen to it and we, and we say that we believe God is speaking to us through it. The Bible, the, God, the scriptures are the, the primary authority for the church, which doesn't mean that the Bible is God, and it doesn't mean that we worship the Bible, but it means that we gather here, and we're looking to God, and we're looking for God's direction, that we need help, and he speaks to us through his word, and we wrestle with it, and we struggle with it, and we talk about it in smaller groups, and we recite it to each other, but when we really face the things in our lives where, we're, where you know the rubber really meets the road, we have God's word to rely. on. I shared uh, with the other services, and in the first service, Liz Reese, who's a member of our church here, she's our lay leader, a leader in our church, but also a leader in our community. I shared with you as her church family that this week her grandson tragically passed away, and Liz was there with her grandson day after day uh, in the ICU. And what the first thing that I saw Liz say publicly, because she is a public figure in our county, is she said, we grieve. She was talking about her family. She said, we grieve, but we do not grieve as those who have no hope. Which I know to be First Thessalonians 4.13. But I also know that in that moment, Liz did not thumb through her Bible to find the right verse for it. It was in her heart, see what I'm saying, that when her circumstances changed... And when the the rug was pulled out from underneath her, she was still able to sing a song that held truth, that held grounding, that is an anchor. You see, the scriptures are not an idol for us to worship, but they are an anchor that hold us in the right spot. And so we have to ask ourselves, is the song that we're singing, is it coming from the word of God? Have we been rehearsing a song that would sound like that? Mary sang a song of God noticed me. Mary sang a God noticed me song. Let me share with you just a few of the words again. Mary says, he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. You hear what she's saying? He noticed me. He's been mindful of me. She sees herself as just a humble girl, and yet God noticed her. She goes on to say, from now on, all generations will call me blessed We'll call Mary, the little girl from Nazareth. from now on, all generations will call me blessed. This is a big claim that she is making. She says, this is amazing. My soul is magnifying God because he noticed me. She's singing a song of God knows who I am. God knows what I'm going through. God is transforming my situation. God is changing the way that I'm looking at it. And that's going to have an impact not just on me, but on generations that come after me. My name, my legacy, my life will be known as something different because of God coming and interacting with me. We've talked before about Mary's name actually coming from a root Hebrew word that means bitter, Mara. It means bitter. It comes from a long history of the Hebrew people living a bitter existence as slaves in Egypt and then as wanderers uh, not yet making it to the promised land. And then when they get to the promised land being lorded over by these other governments and they would name their little girls Mary or Miriam which means bitter. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't a super negative thing but it's like holding on to man we are still longing for more. And so they had all these little bitters (laughs) walking around but Mary's from this day forward, I'm going to be known not as Mary Bitter, but as Mary the Blessed One. I did a little looking around this, uh, this week. I've done this before to kind of see what people are naming their girls all over the world. To think like, did this really have an impact in the world, this little girl in Nazareth? Well, check this out. These are just the most popular girl names. Well, here we go. The most popular girl name in Egypt today is Mary. Tunisia, Mariam. Columbia, Mariana. Paraguay and Peru, Maria. The United States, Mary. The Arab world consisting of 22 A- Arabic-speaking nations, Mariam. Israel among Muslim girls, Mariam. Israel among Christian girls, Maria. Lebanon, Marie. Belgium, Maria. Bosnia, Marija. Greece, Maria. Portugal, Romania, Maria. <laughs> I mean, that's amazing, right? That this humble girl... And now babies are being born in Paraguay, and their parents are holding their baby daughters and say, let us, give her, let us give her a blessed name, a name that holds honor in our tradition, a name that holds honor in our scriptures, a name that holds honor in our story. And they, the people are still naming their girls Mary, and she's saying it. She's saying it into existence. You think our words don't have power, Right. Well, when we're in downtown Nashville and it's pouring rain and we're singing a, oh, woe is me, I'm so sorry that I don't follow app's instructions song, right? What kind of legacy is that going to leave? When we have the power to sing through the word of God songs that can change generations. If we believe that God notices us. And Mary, I mean, she, she shifted things when God showed up in her world. And then Elizabeth said, yeah, Mary, you heard God, right? And she said, From now on, all generations are going to call me blessed. And in 2022 in Tunisia and Egypt and Israel and Mount Juliet, people are saying, this name Mary is is great. God noticed me. Sometimes I'll hear people... um, you know, talk about different worship songs, and uh, at times there's a criticism of, of songs that we sing in church, praise songs that might have an emphasis on me, right? And, and I, it's a worthy criticism, uh, but uh, you, you, what I'm saying is that a worship song, we should be pointing to God, we should be magnifying God, but Mary shows us it's also okay to sing a song that says, and God, I'm so glad you noticed me. <laughs> to sing a song about yourself in connection to the work that God has done to transform you. It's really, really okay. We have to keep our focus on God, but if sometimes you just need to sing a song and say, oh, thank you, God, for noticing me today, (laughs) noticing my situation, noticing that things have changed for me. If if that's you, sing it. Sing it. Say, God noticed me Thank you, God. And, and when you're doing that, what you'll start doing is magnifying God in your life. And you'll be, when you start singing that, you'll, it's not me, me, me. It's God is bigger. God saw me. And when we sing a God notice me song, our perspective changes. God can grab a hold of us in a moment, even when we're singing a selfish me song because our circumstances have changed. With the Spirit of God in you, speaking deep unto deep from His Spirit to your spirit, He can come into those places and change the song from a me song to a magnify song. And when that happens, your perspective changes, and you will see differently. And then what happens is you'll sing a song about others who are unnoticed. And that's what Mary does. It's the pivot in the Magnificat is Mary sings a song of God noticing those that are unnoticed. God noticing, God's noticing people who nobody else notices. And when we're in connection with God, we'll start noticing too. It is why the Magnificat is still a notable song that has been sung. There are lots of songs talking about how great God is. But what happens in the Magnificat is this little girl who God has, uh, you know, poured out his Holy Spirit on, says, and now God is going to start noticing other Marys. God is going to start noticing other people. She sings that God is going to lift up the humble and God is going to fill the hungry with good things. And so we start noticing. I hope that you know, as Mark said when we started our service, it's not our intent just to be really busy around here during the Christmas season with all these songs going on. We're trying to be really intentional to sing songs about people that are being unnoticed right now. And so we're just, we're just inundating ourselves with it so that we'll actually be singing the Jesus song during this season and not something else. That's why we're joining in with compassionate hands. I see John here today, John Grant's the executive director and I know John's story and God got a hold of his heart for the people in Wilson County that were standing on the street corners that were holding cardboard signs that had nowhere to go, right? And John, because of Jesus in him, could not ignore them. And so he began singing a song where he uprooted his life and his family to go and lead this organization, which is now this beautiful thing, serving people all throughout the year. And we want to sing with you, John. We want to sing with you. Uh, It's why, you know, at Rutland Elementary, there's 1,300 children at Rutland Elementary. There's 210 whose parents had the courage to say, we need help this Christmas. 210. And so on Wednesday, nobody will be, you know, making a big fanfare out of it, but the guidance counselors from Rutland Elementary will be set up in our rooms that are now packed with all those things that you brought in. And these parents with dignity will be able to come and bless their children because you and I are trying to sing a song that will notice their kids. They're our neighbors. Barry Tatum Academy, these kids that we're talking about, you understand, right? There are children, right? There are children. And so you hear the teachers, it's, it's astounding, right, to hear a, prince, a principal saying, this place has made me better, to hear the lady who's sitting at the, at the desk saying, I can't believe God has given me this job. What are these people talking about? They're singing, they're singing the song, not Mary's song, Jesus' song. They don't even get it. I mean, I mean, it's hard for us to even know when we're in the midst of it. It's like, we would say, man, those circumstances aren't good. If you go look at Barry Tatum Academy, you wouldn't say, this isn't an impressive place, but they're coming in there with a song and we are being invited to do the same. And so I think a question that is posed before us is, who is, um, who is training our voice right now? Who's your vocal coach? You know? Who's your, who are some of your vocal coaches right now that are teaching you how to sing? And I would say to you, you know, if that is, um, hang with me, if that is a, a cable news anchor that is the biggest influence in your life of what you're going to sing, then that could be a dangerous thing for a person who's supposed to be rehearsing this. I said that in the last service, and uh, one of the Channel 5 anchors was here, Carrie Sharp. So I apologize to her, <laughs> and, uh, and I probably need to call her later. But she is singing a, a beautiful song, actually, through what she's doing. I, I'm not trying to point out a particular person. I'm just saying that we have to be careful of who is training us to sing. And Mary is showing us that the best thing that can form us is God and God's Word. And so what would it look like for us to be careful about rehearsing God's word, which is what you're doing by being here today which is what you are doing by carrying in the bag of toys, which is what you're doing by giving of your finances in ways that will change other people's lives. You are rehearsing a different song. And I, that's my deepest hope for our church this season is that we could sing a different song and that it would be heard. Even if it's just a, just one beautiful small voice coming from the top of this hill in our community, that people could hear a different song, that we, they could hear Jesus' song, which is a song that magnifies God, that says, I notice you. So you hear God saying, I notice your grief. I notice your brokenness. I notice where you're feeling lost. I notice you that you're not gonna be able to be with your family this year. He's saying, I notice you. And when we sing songs of praise out of that, what happens? We start noticing a bunch of other people. We start noticing a bunch of other people. So let us pray. God, would you help us? to sing a beautiful song taught to us by your very voice. And if if, if for some of us like me admitting, saying I, I've I've gotten too easy in singing a song that, that sounds different, that's complaining or that's, you know, woe is me or whatever, would you help train my voice through the spirit and through the word to sing like Mary? And as we come to Holy Communion, uh, God, We pray that it would be a holy meal, something we do each week, a rehearsal for a great meal that you're going to serve one day where every nation, tribe, and tongue will worship Jesus because he's worthy of it all. Let our bread and juice today be Jesus for us, his body and blood, that we may receive him and that we may be transformed in Jesus' name. Amen.